the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us, that's right, I love this American right. Todd Starnes. Oh yeah. All right, well, hello America, welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Happy to have you with us today. We, we still don't know who is going to be controlling the House of Representatives. We suspect... That decision could be reached today, uh, but right now we don't know. Uh, here we are seven days out from the midterm elections, and uh, it just goes to show you how corrupt and how inefficient voting is in the United States of America. And folks, I, I there's really no polite way to say this, but the reality is the Democrats don't want elections in the United States of America. I mean, that's... If, if you haven't figured that out by now, the Democrats do not want, and they never have wanted, free and fair elections in this nation. All they want is chaos, and they're getting that right now. Last night, of course, a word came down from Arizona that Katie Hobbs is the declared winner. Whether or not she is the legitimate winner remains to be seen. But Carrie Lake has been unusually quiet over the past several hours, and a lot of people are in the in the conservative world are suggesting that she go quietly into the good night. Uh, if it were me, I'd be demanding a recount, and I sure wouldn't be conceding the election right now. I'm not sure every legitimate vote has actually been counted in Arizona, but it's a mess, folks. It is a great big mess, and the reality is, at the end of the day. You could end up having a Democrat um, in the in the governor's office in in Arizona. We're going to be getting into all of that in today's program. Also, tonight President Trump expected to make whatever announcement he is going to make. What do you What do you hope the president does tonight? Now there are a lot of people out there who who say that he has a right to run, but should he run for a second term in office? Or now is the moment for the president to say, you know what, we've been there, we've done that, it's been good, Uh, I'm happy and content building my library and going into the good night. What do you want to hear from the president tonight? He's going to be speaking, and uh, if you are listening to us on a News Talk radio station, more than likely your station will carry the president's remarks live. You can listen to them on the radio. What would you like to hear the president say tonight? 844-747-8868. Again, our toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. Now, we got a lot of ground to cover, 
and so, so some rather bizarre information coming from Capitol Hill. So I, I didn't think this was a possibility, but it sort of makes sense. So there is some concern that if the Republicans only have a one- or two-seat majority in the House of Representatives, that you could have some establishment or moderate Republicans siding with the Democrats and installing Liz Cheney as Speaker of the House. You say, well, Todd, Liz Cheney's she lost her congressional race. She's not in Congress. Doesn't matter. According to the rules of the House, the, the Speaker does not have to be an elected member of Congress, which is why so many people were suggesting, oh, let's get Donald Trump as the Speaker of the House. Well, I don't think you're going to be able to do that if if you've got some renegade establishment Republicans out there who would be threatening, and there are some, and we're going to be naming names, uh, who are suggesting they would be supportive of Liz Cheney. This is one of the reasons why MTG, and by the way, one of those individuals is Congressman Don Bacon from Nebraska. So this is why Marjorie Taylor Greene came out yesterday and said that she's supporting Kevin McCarthy. Uh, she's afraid that people might jump ship and, if, and that there would be enough votes to install Liz Cheney as the Speaker of the House. I mean, this is how crazy it's getting here, people. Can you imagine Liz Cheney, the daughter of Dick, as the Speaker of the House? The impeachment proceedings against Trump would go on for an eternity. But this is the concern now uh, within the House of Representatives, and uh, my sources are telling me it's a pretty it's a pretty real concern that Liz Cheney could make a return to Capitol Hill. They're, no, they're not going to vote for they're not going to vote for Liz for um for, for Nancy Pelosi, but they would for Liz Cheney. We'll have to see how that plays out. So, will that be the impetus for for saving Kevin McCarthy's bacon? Is is that even a possibility? Uh, we're getting word that our good friend Congressman Andy Biggs is going to be throwing his name into the hat, but I'm not too sure Andy Biggs would be able to generate enough support within the caucus to be Speaker of the House. So we'll be taking your your calls on this throughout the morning. We have a great lineup today, ladies and gentlemen. Our good friend Governor Mike Huckabee is going to be dropping by. Uh, Sean Spicer from Newsmax TV, uh, he'll be weighing in on the president's announcement. Uh, also, Liz Peake has a fascinating column up, and we've got this at ToddSterns.com. Liz Peake is saying what we've been saying, that Generation Z stopped the Republicans' red wave. And she lays out some ideas on how the Republicans can win over young voters. Also, Congressman Mo Brooks is going to drop by. Uh, no friend of Donald Trump, and he's got some choice words to say. And we're going to, uh, we'll be checking in with him as well. All right, let's go to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Lisa from North Carolina, what's on your mind? Hi, Todd. It's so nice to talk on your show. I listen, I've been listening to all year. And I agree with you, probably like everything. Anyway, um, I just want to say that, you know, I'm a Trumper. I don't like what's going on. I know that, you know, he should, you know, mellow out with stuff. But the guy's been through, what has he been through in six years? 
You know, he, they people hate him and then people love him. I say, I don't know. I know what he's going to say tonight. I just hope it doesn't like cause a, a riot on the other side. And, and another another thing is the, the whole thing is Democrats. I've heard and I know they have their message that they stick together. Republicans need to stick together now. You know, not call names, of course. I don't like what Trump did, but we need no the infighting. You know, we need to weed out the, the, the swamp. And it's in the in the Republican uh, Party also, which I am conservative. Lisa, I'm not what sure. Do you think? I don't. I, I'm not sure we're going to be able to get to that point. I I really don't believe that. You've got Mitch McConnell out there, who literally sabotaged the midterm I know, elections. I don't like him. I don't uh, like him. I know. And he, McCarthy, I don't like. I think they've got to go. We've got a clean house within the Republican yeah. Party, and unfortunately, that's where most of the most of Trump's opposition is coming from within the, the ranks of the GOP leadership right now. That's what I'm thinking, really. Um, but I thank you so much because, you know, I've learned a lot from you. I listen to a lot of them during the day. I like, like every one of them, and I'm sorry to hear about Jimbo. I heard that last night. Jimbo Hannon passed away, and uh, yeah. Jim, just a great man. Uh, we've mm-hmm. had we've had yep. several conversations over the years, and uh, yep. he had been dealing with cancer for a long time. And um, yeah. that's what I heard. Sad yep. news. Sad news. Yeah. All right, but, Lisa. Um, thank, thank you for everything you do, and um, I'm just saying, uh, I just I'm afraid that they're going to riot, you know, because I think that Trump will get a lot of votes. Lisa, the cheating. Look at Arizona. Look at Nevada. It's disappointing. We got to clean up the elections. All right, Lisa. Appreciate the call. Eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. James, listening to us on KWAM, our flagship station. James, what's on? James, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd. I want to propose a national uh, group to police these elections. I even have an acronym for it: Case Citizens Against Stolen Elections. Um. Help me put it together, will you? Well, the problem, James, is that every state can do whatever they want to do as far as how they want to conduct their elections. So, so unless we federalize the elections, and I'm not sure we want, we want to do that. I mean, I, it sounds like a great idea on paper, but I think implementing something like that would be a little difficult. Unless you well, do it on I a state-by-state state basis. Visualize it, the way I visualize it is you have a group per state. Say South Dakota is different than Minnesota. Let's have a South Dakota group work on those elections. Yeah, that might Minnesota work. Minnesota group work on a Minnesota elections, but it, it, we've either got to change this, or we're just we just don't have a country. Uh, look, I, there's no doubt about that, James. And this this is an incredibly disturbing thing that happened in Arizona. And mm-hmm. and what what I find fascinating is a lot of the people out there in the conservative world that were screaming at the top of their lungs about voter integrity, now they're starting to back off in, in Arizona. And I think they're afraid of I think they're afraid of riling up people. They don't want people marching in the streets. So I, I suspect that they're just gonna throw their hands up in the air and complain about it, raise a lot of money about it, get all of you folks riled up about it, and move on to the next election where they can get riled up again. Well, I don't know about you, James, but I'd say if there's voter fraud, let's see the fraud and let's deal with it. Absolutely. And I, I like what DeSantis did in Florida. You know, she, they had uh, they had voting irregularities. He 
he imposed strict penalties. And I say, if there's a voting crime, if you if you vote and you're not supposed to, it should be a felony. Let's make it minimum five years in prison. There is a lot of fraud going on, and we've got to expose it. Otherwise, these conservative groups just need to shut up and go on about their business because a lot of people are making money off of this, and uh, nothing ever gets resolved. James, appreciate the call. You know, another big component of this, and uh, think about this, ladies and gentlemen, you've got Arizona, which is the home turf of Turning Point USA. Well, when you look at a breakdown of Generation Z voters, only 24% of the Gen Z voters identify as Republicans. That's more than half that number actually identify as Democrats. So my question, what are all of these conservative groups that are targeting the young people? Exactly how effective are they? I know they put on the big fancy conventions and they bring out the scantily clad women and they have the hot tub parties and uh, they have the celebrity uh, speakers and all that kind of whatnot. And they do a great job of it. All these groups do. But at the end of the day, what are they doing to get out the Gen Z vote? What are they doing to, to teach kids about America? What are they doing to teach kids that capitalism is better than communism? Because right now I'm not seeing it. As a matter of fact, in in Arizona, you had Carrie Lake, who only garnered 4% of the campus vote at Arizona State University. What exactly are all of these conservative uh, young people groups doing? And I'm not going to name names right now, but I'm wondering what are they actually doing to get out the vote? And conservatives, I know because I get the same emails you get. You've got everybody and their brother out there asking you for a money. We need your money so we can fight for freedom and integrity at the ballot box. Well, you know, I'd like to see a little bit of return on my investment. I don't know about you. All right, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. There's no question, folks. America is hurting. Crime and inflation are out of control. It can be so discouraging, but there is hope. If you're a senior, you remember better than anyone how strong America can be when we work together. And that's why I urge you to join forces with AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC exists to enrich the lives of seniors and uphold freedom for all Americans by fighting for conservative causes. Membership comes with discounts on hotels, restaurants, cell phone service, and much more. And my friends at AMAC offer advisory services on things like Medicare, financial planning, and Social Security. Becoming a member of AMAC is easy, and it only costs $16 a year. Go to amac.us slash darns to sign up today. I'm a proud member of AMAC, and you should be too. Go to amac.us slash darns now. Join millions of other AMAC members receiving unparalleled benefits while we work together to get America back on track. Join AMAC today at amac.us slash darns. That's amac.us slash darns. Folks, welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. So happy to have you with us today. President Trump making his announcement tonight, 9 o'clock Eastern Time. You know, I wonder if uh, if Fox and the other networks are, are going to carry it. We know our friends over at Newsmax TV uh, plan to carry the, um, the president's announcement. There is a report out of the Daily Mail that the owner of Fox News Channel, Rupert Murdoch, is 
is saying that they are not going to be supporting Donald Trump in this um, in this presidential cycle. And that's why we've 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 seen Fox News take a turn. Uh, we've already seen the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal uh, take a turn against Trump as well. So I'm curious to know if that's going to have any impact on your viewing habits uh, if Fox News is ordered to uh, stand down and not get behind Donald Trump. And again, this goes back to a much broader question. What happens when the establishment Republicans decide they're going to take their ball and go home? Now, some of you out there are going to say, well, well, we're just going to we're going to keep fighting. Okay, yes, but that is a losing proposition. And this is the challenge for the Republican Party. We're a divided party right now. No doubt about it. A divided party. And we got to figure out how does everybody get along for the greater good? And what is that greater good? Now, I believe there was voter fraud. Do I have do I have concrete proof? Yes, I do. It's called it took six days to count the ballots. It doesn't take that long, people. It only takes that long if you're trying to find votes that otherwise were not there in the first place. So yeah, I believe there was I believe there was voter fraud. But I don't think Carrie Lake helped herself when she got up in front of a crowd and she told all the and she directed these comments to people in Arizona who support John McCain. And she said to get the hell out. Well, what happens what happens if we look back on election day and that's exactly why she lost? Because all those people decided to take her advice and not go and vote. I mean, you got to play smart politics here, people. You got to play smart politics, and we're going to be analyzing this and doing the nitty gritty, so you don't have to. But unfortunately, in a divided nation, we don't have the luxury of having some sort of a purity test when it comes to. I mean, yeah, you got to you've got to pledge your allegiance to the party platform, but just to tell John McCain supporters, and there are people in Arizona, and I don't know why. I mean, the, the guy was just a horrible person. But there are people in Arizona who love John McCain. You're really going to tell them that you don't want their vote? Seems to me if I'm running for office, I want everybody's vote. So again, there are lots of different things that led to, and we talked about this on the the day after the election, where I, I told you, I said, I, I don't think you can blame this on Trump. I think there are lots of other things going on. I'll give you another one. Senator Lindsey Graham coming out just days before the election and announcing that he wants a federal ban on abortion. Well, that is a great and noble thing. But why are you doing it now when you have when you know that you don't have the majority, that the pro-abortion lawmakers control what happens in Congress? Why would you do that then, just days before the election? Is it possible that Lindsey Graham being, I don't know, a snake in the grass maybe did that intentionally, knowing it would fire up the base of the other party? Because when you look at the exit polling, that's exactly what happened. Young voters, Generation Z voters, millennial voters, went to the polls in huge numbers, and there were, there were two issues on their minds. Getting their education student loan debt knocked off the books, and number two, it was abortion. That's what that was all about. 
So again, I'm not saying you have to be anti. I, I, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you got to play smart politics. You can be pro-life, but folks, if you don't play smart politics, you're not going to get your people elected to office. That's what I'm talking about here. All right, we got to take a break. What do you want to hear from President Trump tonight? Do you want him to run? Do you want him to apologize to Ron DeSantis and Glenn Youngkin? 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. You guys have helped build MyPillow into an incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.98, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set made with USA cotton comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailed at $89.98, now just $39.98 with my promo code. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-839-8506 and use the promo code STARNS. Or go to MyPillow.com slash STARNS. That's MyPillow.com slash STARNS and use the promo code STARNS. people. Welcome back to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Happy to have you with us today. Man, is there a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm going to get to Mike Pence in just a moment. President Trump tonight, ladies and gentlemen, what do you want to hear the president say? What does he need to do to get your vote in the Republican primary? 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Let's go to Florida. Dora on the line. All right, Dora, what's happening? Hey, hi, Todd. Thanks for the great job you're doing on all of this. Um, My take is this, that a lot of our listeners, me included, we want to be Christian nice. You know, it's like Minnesota nice. We're Christian nice. And a lot of us can't even conceive of the manipulation of the vote that's going on. We can't even conceive of it. The, we don't think that way. And I, I worked on Wall Street for a number of years, and I was exposed to software. And I know that code can be written and algorithms can be written to change just one decimal point. And you can, in, you can manipulate numbers. On these machines, the machines have to go. Mike Lindell is right. We can have the most perfect candidate. We can speak to the truth. We can be Christian nice. We can have presentable, wonderful people, and all they have to do is change a decimal point on the software. And, oh, my gosh, Katie Hobbs beat Carrie Lake by 1%. Isn't that amazing how close the race is? I think, frankly, when Trump talks tonight, I want to hear him talk about electoral integrity. I want him to clean up the vote. Not the vote, the electoral process. 
and I want to see the machines gone. If people are interested in this, look at Mike Lindell's website. He was following all the elections, and he's got literal proof as the vote totals were coming in and out of Edison, New Jersey, where they were tallied. They were actually moving the numbers up and down on the, on the machine. The machines are not safe. They glitch. Even if there's not corruption, you can have complete a, a, a vote messed up, and, and it's, our, it's our country. The machines stole, stole Brazil. They stole it from Bolsonaro. They, they, the machines have been taken out of Amsterdam. So, Dora, what do you, Dora, do you want a hand count? Is that what you're after, an actual, literal hand count of the vote? Yes, sir, I am. And All I right. want one, one day of a national holiday, and I want, it, I want it counted on the day of. I don't want these huge windows where they can make a vote on these machines total. Yeah, I'm, look, I don't, I don't have a problem with that, a, a national election holiday. Let's just get it done, get it over with, and, and I'm tired of the excuses. Dora, appreciate the call. Uh, this item for you to consider, uh, ladies and gentlemen, turns out that several of the Maricopa County election officials responsible for counting the vote, and remember, more than 25% of the vote tabulation machines broke down in Maricopa County, which is also a Republican stronghold. Several of the people in charge of the elections office actually launched a PAC in 2021 to stop MAGA candidates. Anybody want to tell me why these people are still on the job? Can we not say conflict of interest here? But again, and I I mentioned this to you the day after the election, and I cautioned you about the vote numbers coming out of Arizona, that they were troubling. Here we have a woman, Katie Hobbs, who did not campaign. When she held a rally, I mean, just a handful of people turned out, thousands coming out for Cary Lake. Uh, you don't want to use social media as an indicator here, but uh, you look at Cary Lake, for example, and she's got, what, more than 700,000 followers compared to Katie Hobbs, who doesn't even have 200,000 followers. And I know that's not a fair that's not a fair arbiter here, but just to give you some idea of what we're talking about. Even her own party was criticizing her campaign, saying, why aren't you debating? Why aren't you out there campaigning? What's wrong with you? CNN, the most profane name in news, for crying out loud. Crying Negro Network. Thanks, Judge Joe Brown. Even CNN was going out there saying, what's wrong with you? And yet this woman, at the end of the day, without campaigning, without debating, she was double digits behind in the polls, and somehow, miraculously, they want us to believe that, wow, everybody came out and had a change of heart on Election Day and voted for Katie Hobbs. Do you believe that? Are you suspicious? I know I am. Anytime the vote count takes more than one day, I get suspicious. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Memphis, Tennessee. Tyreek on the line, listening to us on KWAM, our flagship station. Tyreek, what say you? Well, you know, I, you know, I think that uh, that the the citizens of this country, and I'm talking about the truth, the true American citizens, that they are being screwed over, man. And I, I think that they are being played 
by people who are serving this country up in Washington, D.C., who are not who they make themselves out to be. And I think that, you know, people like uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and, and uh, Mary Garland and Joe Biden, all these people are, have some type of connection with the mob. And, uh, and, and I'll, I'll stand behind that fact. And I also think that this, the outcome of this election has fraud written all over it. And I, and I do believe that um, in the weeks prior to this election, uh, you know, who's to say that those voting machines weren't tampered with? Who, who's to say that? You know, who's to say that? Because nobody has any idea why those uh, voting, voting machines were positioned. And, you know, and, and I'll go even farther by saying that, um, as we all know, there are a lot of people who are illegally living in the United States. All right. Now, who's to say that that some type of provision wasn't made for these people to have voted in that election? If they if they are being allowed to uh, live in this country, who's to say that they they weren't allowed to vote in that election? Who, who, you, know, you know, Tyreek, so I, this is an interesting it's an interesting thing you're bringing up here because uh, in some states, illegals are allowed to vote in local elections, but who's to say? They're not voting in in the national elections. Who's to say well, that's you know, that's not happening? It's a fair question to ask. Well, you know, you know, if, if they are being allowed to come into this country, then you got to believe that they have been given some type of personal identification card, and they have they have probably have to be given some type of social security card. Now, I don't know the extent of what needs to happen in order for that to be pulled out, in order for somebody to pull that off, but. If they're being allowed to come into this country, and I don't have any, I don't have anything against, I don't have anything against anybody, you know, living in the United States. But the fact is, is that if they're being allowed to come into this country, who's to say that they're not being allowed to have participated in that that election? And who's to say again, weeks prior to this election, who's to say that those very voting machines hadn't been tampered with uh, weeks prior to this election? And if there's an inkling of a hunch that something like that ever happened, then it needs to be followed up with an investigation. Because it's one thing for certain. If the Democrat, if we had cheated in the outcome of this election, you can believe that the Democratic Party would have been all over it, man. You notice, Tyreek, it always, the steel always favors the Democrats, never the Republicans. Have you noticed that? It's it's amazing. All the time. So what do you think about Trump? Uh, He's going to make the big announcement. You think he ought to run again? Well, I'm a supporter of Trump, and and you know, I, you know, I think I think that that Ron DeSantis and and Donald Trump, uh, they need to con- be considered as running mates, provided that they can put up with each other. They don't have to be <laughs> buddy buddies. All they need to do is is be able to collaborate with each other. We just have to make to sure they don't friends. kill each other. <laughs> yeah, and if, if they can put up with each other, and so I'm a supporter of, of Donald Trump, and I think also you know this this uh, election with um. In Philadelphia, in Atlanta, you know, with uh, this uh, Republican, uh, uh, with Dr. Oz, the Republican, uh, and with uh, Herschel Walker in in Atlanta, you know, I think, I think that even if it had been two separate sets of Republican candidates, I still think that it still would that it would have still been a tightly run election. Now, who knows who what the outcome could have been a different set of Republican candidates had run. But I still, in spite in saying that, I still think that that election still would have been tightly ran. So All right. I'm supporting Trump 
I'm, I'm, I'm a Trump supporter, and I, I, it would be good if both he and Ron DeSantis could collaborate and run it as running mates in this uh, republic, in this uh, general election. You see, I'm with you, Tariq, and I want you to give us a, give us a call back. I, I love your insight and uh, your opinion there, and we appreciate you listening to KWAM. Uh, Tariq has a has a good point. I think that the strongest ticket, hear me, the strongest ticket is a Trump DeSantis ticket. Whether or not that's going to happen, and whether or not that you know, and like Tyreek said, uh, the issue is we got to make sure they don't kill each other. Uh, let's go to Cody W L O B in Maine. Cody, what say you? Oh, John, it was a bad day here in the great state of Maine last Tuesday, but anyway, we'll get through it. <laughs> it's all good. It's we we oh, we man. live to fight another day, my friend. Absolutely. So just real quick before I get to, to Trump, if Kerry Lake does not do every single person in power in the state of Arizona, she's crazy. I don't know how the sitting secretary of state, who's also a candidate for governor, can oversee the election. That's, that's crazy. It's, it doesn't even make sense. Well, what do you say here, Cody? And we we don't have a lot of time. Uh, Trump making yeah. the big announcement. Why don't you do? Do you I, want him to run, or do you not want him to run? You know, I don't. I loved his policy. I thought he did a great job, but I just I don't think we need the Trump circus again, Todd. I really don't. I think DeSantis is the guy, and um, the, the Trump DeSantis ticket. Unless Trump moves back to New York, they can't do it. You can't have president and vice president from the same state. Yeah, I, I well, there there is some wiggle room there from what I've heard. But Trump, if he maintains his official residence in New York, that would that would put an end to that. Right. Yeah, and I just I just don't think we need the circus. All right, that, that that's fair enough. Uh, Cody, appreciate the call. We, we're running late for a break here, folks. Cody says, "Don't want the circus." He likes Trump, but doesn't want him to run again. I'm calling for a Trump DeSantis unity ticket. What say you? 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. There's no doubt the nation is facing a financial crisis because of the Biden administration's economic policies. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and no doubt our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you are vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, physical. It's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold, and they can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship the gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can actually fit inside a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, good to have you with us. Uh, by the way, we're efforting some audio. Uh, Ron DeSantis is uh, is speaking out. Uh, he was asked about Trump's uh, Trump's attack the other day. Here's what he had to say. I would like to know what you think about Trump's 
big announcement and some of the less than flattering comments he has made about you. Well, you know, one of the things I've learned, like learned in this job, is um, uh, when you're do when you're leading, when you're getting getting things done, yeah, you take incoming fire. That's just the nature of it. Uh, I roll out of bed in the morning. I've got corporate media outlets that have a spasm just the fact that I'm getting up in the morning, and it's constantly attacking. And this is just what's happened. I don't think any governor got attacked more, particularly by corporate media, than me over my four-year term. And yet, I think what you, what you learn is all that's just noise. And really what matters is, are you leading? Are you getting in front of issues? Uh, are you delivering results for people? And are you standing up for folks? And if you do that, then none of that stuff matters. And, and that's what we've done. We focused on results and leadership. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I would just uh, tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last Tuesday night. Now, the fact of the matter is... Yeah, you know, the fact of the matter is, we um, it, it was the the, the greatest uh, Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida. Well, there you go, uh, Ron DeSantis finally uh, reacting to all of the attacks coming out of Team Trump. There, uh, let's get to the phones. Uh, Anna in Georgia, WDUN, our great affiliate there. Hey, Anna, what's up? What's on your mind? Hey, Todd, last week I called, or the week before, uh, the Tuesday election day, and, and I, I voiced some concerns, and they came true. But the thing is, here's the thing. Uh, DeSantis is an, a living doll. <laughs> he really is. I'm an older gal. I like him. He reminds me a lot of uh, the way Kennedy was with Jackie. He, he really does, he and his wife. But the thing is, if uh, Trump runs for president, I'm going to vote for him. That's just the way it is. Now, if DeSantis is on that same, uh, either on the same ticket or if he's on his, I'm, I'm probably going to vote for DeSantis. Uh, but they, the, the Republicans have to rethink their strategy. What are you going to do when it's time for you to act? Get on with it. Never mind all this whining and, you know, BS. Just get on with it. I like the way DeSantis re- responded, though. He's a smart guy, and he's not going to get led down the path to hell. He's just not going to do it. So, you know, I'm hoping that um, uh, former president, and I love, you know, I love Trump. I, I don't, I don't know if I'd be his friend. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be his friend, but I like uh, that he's a businessman. And uh, I like that, uh, you know, he's the only one that actually did something about the borders. He did, he did a lot of good work. I don't care about um, his personality and as much as it, it does affect some good stuff. But, you know, he, he did it. I mean, he did it. So, uh, you know, I just, uh, I hope it's not both of them up. I, I hope they're not running against each other. That's all I'm going to say. Well, let's see what happens, Anna. Um, we've, got, we've got plenty of time. And uh, we'll see what the president has to say tonight. And I appreciate the call. Thank you for listening. And um, uh, bear with me. I, I don't know. I'm going through some uh, throat issues. I think it's the allergies and the change of season. So uh, my apologies uh, if the uh, throat is a little 
uh, quirky over the next little while. So, look, let me um, explain the lay of the land. We're going to be taking a break. We're going get, to get to all of your calls. Also, our good friend Mike Huckabee is on his way. Uh, we have some new developments coming out of Capitol Hill about what really went down on January the 6th and the FBI's involvement. This is breaking news. We're going to bring that information to you. Yesterday, we told you about a scandal that's brewing with a cryptocurrency fund called FTX. Now, the understanding here is basically the Biden administration was funneling money to Ukraine. The Ukrainians were investing tens of millions of dollars into FTX, and they, in turn, were using that money to donate to the Democrat Party. They were the number two donor to the Democrat Party in the midterm elections. Now comes word from the Financial Times that FTX actually had a statement on their balance sheet called Trump Lose. Folks, this is this is a developing scandal, and we're going to get into more of that uh, right after the top of the hour news. Your calls as well, 844-747-8868. Hang tight. This is the Todd Stern Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American And hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. So happy to have you with us today. A lot going on. We still don't know who controls the House of Representatives. Should know that information sometime today, but who knows? Anyway, a welcome, 844-747-8868. That's the line to get on the air. The lines are open now. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, though, and welcome our next guest, a great American patriot, Governor Mike Huckabee. Governor, hope you're doing good today. Yeah, you know what? I opened my cereal box this morning to get some breakfast, and uh I looked down in there. There was a bunch of votes from Arizona in the cereal box. So you just never know what you're going to find. <laughs> you never know. You know, Isn't that the craziest thing, uh, Governor? Katie Hobbs did not campaign, did not debate, was, I mean, roundly criticized by her own party, and yet she turns out the winner of the election seven days later. Seven days later. Yeah. How many votes do we need? Okay, let's go get them, folks. Look, this is uh, maybe the way the Democrats are going to campaign from now on. 
it works for Biden. It works for Fetterman. It seems like it's working for Katie Hobbs. Uh, maybe what Donald Trump is uh, going to announce tonight is that he's going to sit down at Mar-a-Lago, get a really good tan, play a lot of golf. Uh, he will be running, but he will not be seen for the next two years. Maybe that's the strategy that uh, every Republican ought to start using. Oh, it seems to be working for the Democrats pretty well. Without a doubt. And it's it's troubling to me that these elections are taking so long to count. I saw somebody post something on social media. They said that uh, during American Idol, 180 million votes can be counted in less than an hour. Surely America can do better. You know, it, it does kind of point out something is wrong in these states and the people of Arizona. Uh, they ought to be angry uh, whether they voted for Kerry Lake or not. And I wish that in greater numbers they did. But they ought to be angry that their state looks like a bunch of incompetent nincompoops unable to count to 10. There are so many different factors at, at play here, and we've been going through them really since last last Wednesday. Um, but when you look at the state of the current Republican Party, you have to. I think there's going to have to be a coming together, maybe a come to Jesus moment, where you have party elders say, "We've got to put aside these these differences, and we've got to come together for the common good." Is is that going to be possible? I don't know. I mean, I'm really at a loss because I've I've guessed it all wrong. I said we would have a huge red wave. We don't. We don't have it at all. Um, You know, so what happened? Let's have a good postmortem on this. Let's find out. Was this an issue of we didn't do a good job of messaging? Did we miss it in terms of outreach? Uh, we, We certainly need to know. I don't want to, you know, and again, this is, you know, if you want to take a pass on this one, take a pass, Gov. But uh, when I saw Lindsey Graham come out and for really no good reason politically uh, say that he was introducing the legislation uh, for the federal abortion ban, which is a great thing. We all want that. But then was not the time. He knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. What did that do? It mobilized all these voters to get out. Uh, these Democrats, these Gen Z voters, and we know that they came out in large numbers. Uh, it's almost as if the Republicans, you had Mitch McConnell yanking money from this candidate and this and that, that candidate. You had Kevin McCarthy, according to the Washington Post, uh, trying to undermine uh, uh, House Freedom Caucus candidates. You, you wonder if they knew that if this election tanked, that Trump would get the blame and it would look better for them. You know, I can't imagine that they would be so ridiculous as to think that there's any advantage in Republicans losing. Uh, You know, take Trump out of the equation, put him in. It's still better for us if we hold the Senate, we have the House. It's just better. Uh, If we don't have it, we're going to get run over for the next two years. And, uh, you know, Biden will be able to appoint any judge he wants. He can appoint Supreme Court justices if he gets the option. Uh, There's just nothing good to come out of republicans losing except if you're a democrat so i cannot believe that that would be uh, anybody's motivation if it is uh, you know they need to go join liz cheney and sit on her point uh, porch with her and have some uh, hot coffee and call it a day well and she may not be calling it a day uh, there's some concern out there you could have a couple of renegade rogue establishment uh, congressmen actually join Democrats and put Cheney up as a um, as a as a House Speaker candidate. Uh, th- this is a concern um, among the Kevin McCarthy supporters. 
Well, I can't imagine that there's enough Republicans in the House still there that would be so ridiculously stupid as to listen to Liz Cheney on anything. And if they do, let's get their names and make sure they don't ever come back to the House of Representatives again. I I just can't imagine that that would be the case. Liz has burned her bridge. She couldn't even uh, break 30 percent of the vote in her own home state as an incumbent congressman. So I I cannot imagine that's the case. I'm curious, what what do you think we're going to hear from the the president tonight? And what would you like to hear from from the president? What I'd love to hear is that he's going to suspend any talk of his own race until we win this Georgia race and that he's going to be in Georgia starting tomorrow and until the runoff is over, uh, helping Herschel Walker get elected. That's what I'd love to hear. You think we're going to hear that? No. (laughs) Uh, I love the president. You know, uh, I've already been asked, will I support him? And my answer is, you know, look, I I will support his policies, but I'm not even going to even venture into it until this runoff in Georgia is over. I'm not going to make an endorsement. I'm not going to take a side because there's only one race that every Republican ought to be focused on. And it's the 2022 Senate race, not the 2024 presidential race. I think, you know, I think you're right there, Governor. Um, There is, you know, there's a lot at stake here. And with that, if the Democrats win, Warnock goes back. Democrats are going to be able to pretty much do whatever they want to do, and we're not going to be able to rely on Joe Manchin or, or Christian Cinnamon at that at that point. So it's it's a fair point. What a mess, Governor. What a mess. It is indeed, and all I can do is hope that there is going to be some sane uh, uh, Republicans that will take control. I think it's time for Mitch to step aside. I, I've never said that before, but I'm saying it now. Uh, he went in and tried to upend some of the candidates we had, it's not his job to pick the nominees for a state. It's the voters. And, uh, you know, he could have helped when he heard it. And I think it's time to clean house, start over, and let's, let's figure out how to win and how to save the country. Uh, I think we have to take a look at what happened in, in Florida, what happened in Tennessee, what happened in Arkansas, where you had Republicans with massive victories. I mean, the red tsunami hit those states. Uh, we need to figure out what happened there and emulate that on the national level. Absolutely. Well, let's hope we do. Yeah. All right, Governor, what's coming up on the big show Saturday? We're still working on some of our guests because uh, we're waiting to see how these elections turn out. Uh, But as always, it's going to be worth watching. Uh, That's all I can tell you this early in the week. It's always a good show. All right, Governor Mike Huckabee, ladies and gentlemen. Governor, appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, Wow. So Governor Huckabee breaking some news on this program, uh, joining the chorus of people calling for Mitch McConnell to step down. And uh, we will see how that goes. Republican governors, by the way, meeting this right now, uh, actually underway uh, in Orlando, Florida for their big meetings. All right. Here's the deal. Uh, We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to the phone lines. Also, brand new developments coming out of Capitol Hill on exactly how involved the FBI was in the J6 riots. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Good to have you with us. I want you to think back now. I want you to think back 
So the early days of 2016, the presidential um, Republican primary. And during that primary, the all the attacks started, um, and they were focused on Donald Trump. Well, not initially, but as soon as he started gaining ground, and they've really never let up. But I want you to th- just think about this for a moment. You, go back to every single one of the allegations they've made against President Trump. I mean, they've accused him of everything. Do you realize that, that nothing, nothing ever turned out to be accurate? So all of this anxiety that many people are suffering, and I hear it from from our callers. I hear it from you guys. Uh, you're you're tired of the of the constant bickering, and you're tired of the name calling, and you're tired of the scandals. Well, what if in fact that is the scandal that there never was anything there, and that the mainstream media is trying to hype something and has been hyping something that never was there. What if what if that in and of itself is the true scandal here? I mean, just think about this. You take away all of the Russia collusion stuff. You have no impeachments. You've got no scandals. You have no allegations. You have no investigations. What do you have? You have a very successful four-year president. That's what you got. So is it possible that the Democrats have figured out the winning formula is just to wear you down? And they use the mainstream media to beat you over the head with a hammer. Just want to throw that out there because, again, there's nothing there. I mean, the, remember what was it? A couple of months back, we have a matter of national security. The president has the nuclear codes at Mar-a-Lago. He couldn't launch a war. That was months ago. Months ago. Whatever became of that? I'd say you're going to have a better shot of seeing the body cam footage from Paul Pelosi than you are an indictment of Donald John Trump. Just saying. All right, let's get to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Luke in Lula, Georgia. Luke, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, yes, sir. Good morning, Mr. Todd. I was wondering about the, uh, uh, you remember when uh, Mike Pence had that uh, talk with uh, David Muir the other night? And he made the comment that he was going he would break the law if he didn't send all those uh, elections back. So to me, that means that Kelly Luckford here in Georgia, you know, she was going to send our election back, and all these other guys, you know, they were breaking the law. Okay, which we know that they wasn't. All right, and so what I was thinking of, it sure is funny that Mike Pence just all of a sudden just lay down and wouldn't do it. All right, what if, what if? He he's going to run for president. Now, what if he becomes our nominee? That tells me, you know, that something happened there because these Democrats was going to do anything they could to stop January 6th from happening. You know, those guys were sending it back to the states because we could have found out that they cheat. You know, they cheated. You know, in uh, obtaining the election. So if Mike Pence becomes our nominee. We know that these machines are rigged. Okay. That's all I got to say. Luke, appreciate the call. Uh, he mentioned January the 6th, and, and that, 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 brings, that brings me back to some audio. Uh, this is a conversation uh, that happened just mere moments ago uh, up on Capitol Hill. You have FBI Director Chris Ray and Congressman Clay Higgins from Louisiana. You folks listening to us on KROF, you know that name. The congressman asked a very important question. Take a listen. 
does it does the FBI have confidential human sources? Uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6 protesters on January 6 to 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when even are, now, because that's what you I, told us two I years ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being opened? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be a no. Can you not tell the American people, no, we did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. Let me answer the FBI director. Uh, the answer is yes. Yes, they did. As a matter of fact, according to the New York Times, out today, the FBI had as many as eight informants inside the far-right Proud Boys in the months leading up to the storming of the Capitol. One of those FBI informants was a vice president of the Proud Boys. So I just I want to step back and ask a question here. So you're the FBI, and you've got, you've got intel that a bunch of Muslims are going to fly jetliners into the buildings on September 11th. What would you do? What would your FBI informant do at that point? Would the informant allow the attack to happen, or would they contact headquarters and say, hey, heads up, everybody, they're about to fly some jetliners into the buildings? I would I would like to think the FBI informant would actually call headquarters and do just that, to try and stop the attack. Isn't that the whole point of infiltrating some of these radical groups? Is that not the point? So if let's just take this at face value here. Let's just say that all this information is correct coming from the New York Times, that there were as many as eight. I suspect there were more. And we know from photographs there were a whole lot of FBI agents disguised as Trump supporters in the crowd that day. So if, in fact, the FBI had a vice president of the Proud Boys as one of their informants, why would they have not intervened and stopped the attack from happening? But let's go a step further. The FBI knew the attack was happening because they had informants, up to eight at least. So why at that point did no one pick up the telephone and call Nancy Pelosi or Chucky Schumer or Turtle uh, Turtle McConnell and say, hey, hey, wait, guys, heads up, we've got word there's going to be attack on the Capitol. You see, I suspect they all knew it. And I suspect that Nancy Pelosi and all the other, remember Nancy Pelosi just happened to have a video crew with her on that day filming the documentary. Is it possible, remotely possible, ladies and gentlemen, that all of this was a great big setup, knowing they could pin something very heinous on Donald Trump's shoulders? Is that even remotely possible? And if it's not remotely possible, could someone explain to me why the FBI knew there was an attack on the Capitol building, and they stood down, and they did nothing. 
they've got a lot of answering to do here, folks. None of this adds up. And going back to the theory that 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 I posited in the last break, if if J six didn't happen, if the Russia collusion attacks didn't happen, you've got a very successful president who was incredibly wronged. So when you're thinking about who you're going to support, you need to understand that the image of President Trump that the mainstream media has been putting forward may not be accurate, and I suspect is not accurate. All right, look, we've got to take a break here. We're going back to the phones, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Weird stuff, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to do your homework. Do not be fooled by these people. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Happy to have you with us. Uh, let's go right to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line, our good friend from Newsmax TV, Sean Spicer, host of Spicer & Company, joins us. Uh, Sean, hope I, I, I know you put Red Bull on your Fruit Loops this morning because uh, this is like a huge news day. you gotta be you got to be fortified. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's going to be long and late. How's that? Um, I, but the thing is, is that the difference, is I don't think that, you know, uh, I think we know what we're getting. You know, President Trump has already made it very clear that he is going to announce a re-election. Um, people have already started to sort of make it clear what their side is. So uh, this isn't like an unexpected day. I think we're just going to want to wait and see how it looks. As I said to someone at my one of my Newsmax colleagues this morning, I think that the real thrill is always to see how much of the script he sticks to. Well, he, well, he never he never does that, Sean. That that's what makes it entertaining. I think. <laughs> oh, I agree. And but I talked to uh, to one of the guys that's organizing, and he said, "Oh, it's it's great. We got this rollout all all buttoned down, and it's you know it's unbelievably professional." And and I was just like, "I get it. The lights might look good, and the stage and the pipe and drape, but you know, if you remember, he had a he had a speech in 2016 too." It's true. You're right, Sean. Uh, just a few moments ago, we had Mike Huckabee on the program. Uh, he's a big fan of the president, but says he needs to wait. Uh, this needs to be done after the Georgia race, and he's not the only one saying that. So what are you hearing from, from Trump Central down there? Well, look, Todd, I think a lot of folks, uh, in fact, I, I haven't heard of anybody in the Trump world who said that it was a good idea to go early. Um, now, that doesn't mean, like I said, you can be a big supporter of the president's, which I think a lot of us are, but, but a, a timing matters. And I think to do this now uh, ahead of the Georgia election uh, sort of takes away and distracts from the election, takes not only some of the oxygen out, but takes away some of the fundraising attention, which is going to be crucial. And, and, and look, here's the other thing. There's no rush. There's no rush. None of this has to get done today or tomorrow. Or November. I mean, there is plenty of time for this to occur, and I think that's the bigger point that needs to get made: is that you know you can be a huge supporter of President Trump's, um, and and still you know want him to wait uh, a little bit, which is what's happening uh, for a lot of these folks. They're big supporters of the president, um, 
but they're just saying the timing's off a little bit. Um, and, and I think that's, that's what you're going to see tonight is a lot of folks who are supporters of the president who say, I, I'd like his policies, I like his campaign, I want him to run again. Um, but I just don't know that the timing is right. Even even in spite of all of that, I still think it's healthy to to have a, a good, robust Republican primary. And if somebody, if DeSantis or Pence or Pompeo, uh, you know, they want to throw their name in the hat, look, I think that's that just makes for a stronger party. Uh, the issue, though, is we need a unified party once it's all said and done. Todd, look, I couldn't agree with you more. Look, if you think of 2016, the president had 16 of these really top qualified uh, politicians, candidates, leaders run against him. He bested them all and he won. In 2020, Biden had a very robust primary. You can keep going back through history. Primaries are good things. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, you know, bring it on. If people want to run against them, let the grassroots make the decision known and we'll go from there. But I, I don't think that anybody should uh, be concerned about what a primary would do. It'd get our base fired up, excited, motivated, get some great data out there as far as who the voters are and what they care about. So you know, that that part of it should not be a concern to anybody. Sean Spicer on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line today. Sean, what are you hearing from your sources within Trump world about about the midterm elections? It was sort of all over the place. So what's been their reaction? Well, I think generally speaking, there's a lot of disappointment. Um, I, I, I and For a lot of reasons, there's a lot of blame to go around as well. But Generally speaking, whether it's the House races or some of the Senate races, even some of the gubernatorial races, a lot of disappointment. At the same time, and uh, I, I, I don't want to uh, to shift gears too much here, but to make this point, it was it was actually a great day for Newsmax TV. I mean, you guys had record oh, numbers right. of viewers, and, and I think there's a shift there. People are, are really embracing the, what you guys are doing. Well, I appreciate your kind words. We had, I think, some great analysis. Um, some great broadcast quality type, uh, you know, features that brought people in and then the analysis is what kept them there. So I, I, I was, I think the team did a phenomenal job. So we had, um, we had some great, uh, guests come in, um, some great analysis, some, some, our reporters span the country and we're at all of the key locations. So I think viewers liked what they saw and they rewarded us by staying with us all night long. All right, uh, so you're going to be at Mar-a-Lago tomorrow. Uh, what's yeah. on the agenda? Well, it's funny that you know you say that. I was going down for an America First Policy Institute um, um, meeting, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm one of their panels um, tomorrow. Uh, and it, you know, what it happened. I just the, the long and short of it is the president made his announcement. He was actually on my show last week and said, "You got to come down for it." You know, unfortunately, when you have a nightly television show and you've got a family. <laughs> It's not as easy to adjust uh, your your schedule. Newsmax is going to be covering it live tonight. We've got a great team down there. John Bachman, uh, who does a lot of our Florida programming, he will be there live covering this. Rob Schmidt uh, will be doing a lot of the analysis after the show. So we've got a team there at Mar-a-Lago. We'll be doing post coverage as well. Uh, so Newsmax is going to have it covered. And I, I, I think that by the time I started to look at my travel plan, they said, you've already got yours scheduled for the rest of the week. We, we got this. Great. Good stuff. And, well, look, safe travel, Sean. I know folks will be watching tonight. It's going to be an exciting time. And uh, what better place to watch than Newsmax TV? All right, Todd. Thanks. Always great to be with you. All right. Likewise. We'll see you guys all tonight at 5 on Newsmax. All right. Sean Spicer, everybody, um, one of the great stars of Newsmax TV. Also, you might remember President Trump's first press secretary, 
back in the day. All right, uh, let's get to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Michael, WSIC, Statesville, North Carolina. Michael, what's on your mind? Well, I'm just going to let you know that uh, I think Trump's going to announce he's going to run. And uh, like Dick Moore said, uh, Dick Moore said he's going to run and he's going to win. Yeah, it's uh, if we can get this party unified, Michael. If we can get everybody on the same page, I I think he's he gets in, and it's 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 not going to be a cakewalk, but he's gonna he's gonna win. But we got to get everybody on the same page, and if we don't do that, uh, we're not going to stand a, a chance. Michael, appreciate that call. Uh, let's go to AC listening to us in Memphis, Tennessee. KWAM, our great affiliate there. AC, what say you? Hello, AC. Hello. You hear me now? Ah, there you go. Coming in loud and clear. No, 40 stuck in traffic, and I don't have the greatest reception. You, you know what, AC? AC, we're going to put you on hold. You're right. We've got a bad phone connection. Maybe give us a call back. We'll uh, get that uh, get that sorted out. Uh, in the meantime, let's go down to the Villages, America's friendliest hometown. Our good friend Mark joins us. All right, Mark, what what is what did Trump, Trump and DeSantis need to do here? Well, they need to unify, come together. And what we need to do is we need to get them to work together. I don't know what him and what's going on between the both of them, but he needs to sit down and figure something out. I mean, because we can't we can't have them arguing and fighting like this. I think I hope he comes out tonight. Maybe has him as a a VP pick or or um, Carrie Lake. I mean, I, I just think we need to unify, come together, and do like the other the congressman said on your show earlier. You know, they come together with Governor, come together with Kemp and DeSantis, and help them um, walk around a little bit. You know, give them a hand. You know, on another note, go ahead, go ahead. Mark. No, Mark, I, I, I was going to say, uh, yeah, they do need to, to to figure this out. Clearly, there's some bad blood, and I guarantee you, it's a lot of it has to do with the campaigns. I know how these guys operate, and there's a lot of backbiting, a lot of stuff being said, you know, behind the scenes here. And uh, look, though, if if DeSantis wants to run, jump in. Let's see, let's see whose ideas are going to win the day. And uh, he's going to have to do it, you know, sooner or later. So why not now against Trump? I just hope he apologizes and kind of gets everybody to come together because we can't keep living like this. It's just nuts. I mean, you know, you look at Liz Cheney. Good Lord, that's the last thing we needed. Liz Cheney, the Speaker of the House, she would be like a Nancy Pelosi on steroids. You know, Trump Trump should um, be the Speaker of the House, if anything, you know. But like you said, we all need to unify. He's got to work this out tonight because it's a do or die for him tonight. Because I talk to a lot of people here in, here in the villages, and, and there's a lot of supporters for him, but they're really turned off to some of the stuff he has done and what he's saying. I don't understand what he's got, the riff he's got going with DeSantis. But you know one thing, if he runs, it's going to be coming out. So well, I kind of... The one thing, Mark, I hope happens is that Trump realizes Fox News Channel is not his friend and stop taking advice from the Fox News anchors. Uh, he's got to stop that. He needs to be he needs to to to, to seek advice and counsel somewhere other than uh, the Fox News corner of the world. Absolutely. I mean, well said. That's what we need to do. We need to come together because he's alienated a lot of people and he's got to get the, he's got to say the right the right thing tonight. Tonight's going to be a do. I think tonight's a do or die for him. I agree. If he doesn't, then 
Let's see what happens. You know, he's a smart guy. And, and let's see let's see how he handles tonight. Mark, got to run for a break, my friend. Uh, but, folks, uh, a lot of people are going to be watching. We're going to be giving you real-time analysis. What do you want to hear from President Trump tonight? What do you want to hear? 844-747-8868. You just heard Sean Spicer on Newsmax. And I'm telling you, the rise of Newsmax is making a difference. Now the fourth highest cable rated news channel in America. I watch it every day. I hope you do too. Rob Schmidt, uh, by the way, you heard Sean mention Rob. Rob's amazing. Uh, there's Greta Van Susteren, Eric Bowling, uh, President Trump, big fan of the network, and of course, making that big announcement tonight tonight and you're going to be able to get all the latest intel on that by texting the word rally to 39747 that's rally to 39747 to find out more information about the president's plans text rally to 39747 we'll be right back Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Good to have you with us. Uh, Some breaking news to share with you. Uh, This just coming in where apparently two Russian missiles have have been fired and apparently hit a farm in Poland. So uh, the Polish government now calling an emergency session. In essence, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in essence, uh, we now have Russia attacking poland and uh they're saying that the missiles were strays they they didn't mean to hit polish territory but it did uh the question now is what happens next uh will the um will nato implement article 5 and what does article 5 mean well article 5 is uh article 5 means that if any nato nation is attacked other NATO nations have a responsibility to fight back. Folks, I'm telling you, we are in dangerous territory over there, dangerous territory. We'll keep you updated on um, how that plays. Unbelievable. All right, let's go to Paula in Georgia. Hey, Paula, what's on your mind? Hi, Todd. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, well, I was calling because of, you know, everybody's talking about possible DeSantis Trump ticket together. DeSantis has already said that his focus is going to be the state of Florida and he's not running. That's true. But, so, you know, I mean, I just think that's kind of a big point because if it's not going to happen, will he ever probably be the White House? Yes. But not right now. Um, and Trump, I, I voted for him in 16 and in 2020 and and, you know, if he's the nominee, I will vote for him again. But honestly, I just don't want him to run again because it's just going to cause more turmoil. Even though the House has the, rep- uh, the rep- Republicans have rep- House representatives, it's just going to cause turmoil. And we need a president that can do eight years and not just four. Paula, who do you like? If it's not going to be Trump or DeSantis, who do you like? Um, I like. Pence, I like him as a vice president. I mean, he's very well-spoken, and he's an honest man, I believe. I just have to really kind of see who else is going to be in the race when it comes down to it. 
Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Paul, appreciate the call. Uh, by the way, Pence was on uh, the uh, networks promoting the new book. Uh, here's what he had to say about uh, President Trump yesterday. Cut one, please. Members were barricaded inside the House chamber. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of it all, you can see that the president has tweeted. 2.24 p.m., the president tweets, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. It angered me. But I turned to my daughter who was standing nearby and I said, it doesn't take courage to break the law. It takes courage to uphold the law. I mean, the president's words were reckless. It's clear he decided to be part of the problem. All right. Well, Pence also goes on to say that there are better choices. We're going to play that audio in the next hour. Uh, better choices uh, for voters and uh, suggesting that he might um, he might possibly uh, run. We'll play that in the uh, in the next hour when we have a little bit more time. Uh, let's go back to the phones here. Uh, Tom in Georgia, WDUN, our great affiliate there. Tom, what say you? Uh, good afternoon, Todd, and thank you for all you do, because without you, I don't know where we would be uh, in the media. Um, the purpose of my call today is uh, there's a group of us get together every Tuesday, and we were discussing the elections. And one of the things here in Georgia, and I think many other states, is our Republican legislatures allowed these laws to be changed to allow all of this skullduggery to happen uh, as recently as last week. When you allow the drop boxes and you allow all the mail-in voting and all the things, and then we wonder why we lose, it's basically self-committed suicide. And, And the question is why they would allow this to happen to themselves. Well, Tom, here's here's what the Republicans are going to have to figure out. Um, ballot harvesting is is the law of the land, whether you like it or not. Democrats do it, and they do it very effectively. And my point is, if the Democrats are going to do it and it's legal, then by golly, the Republicans ought to be taking advantage of that as well. Maybe just maybe we would be talking about a different outcome in some of these states like Nevada and um, and Arizona, and then quite frankly in Georgia too. Oh yeah, I mean, where where the more you find out about what's going on in Georgia, it just really gets to be uh, not only upsetting but depressing because uh, it's the Georgia Republican swamp that is allowing this to happen, and and so we just have to keep fighting every day to try to bring you know good people to government. That's all I can say. Tom, appreciate that call and that thought. And and to that point, uh, folks, Brian Kemp had a couple of hundred thousand more votes than Herschel Walker got. So we got to figure that out, too. Uh, again, you can't go in and say voter fraud if if some Republicans win and some don't on the same ballot. So that it doesn't work like that. And uh, it, clearly it tells me that a lot of people, establishment folks, did not vote for Herschel Walker. And we got to figure out why. Uh, stick around. Hour three coming up next, ladies and gentlemen.
live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American right. Todd Starnes. I just got a, a message from uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Brent Pozell. He runs Media Research Center. Uh, Brent says, Starnes McConnell lost the Senate for conservatives. We need to stop rewarding this loser. People will walk if a tyrant who takes down conservatives is left running the Senate. I think, look, I think he's spot on accurate here. Uh, Governor Mike Huckabee in the last hour uh, announced that on this program that he is now calling for McConnell to step aside. And uh, we will see how that plays out. But it's not looking good for um, for Mitch McConnell. Welcome, everybody, to Hour 3 of the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Hope you're doing well. I do want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Line. Good friend of this program. Great writer. And she has a, a column up at foxnews.com uh, talking about one of the big issues we've been bringing to your attention. We're talking about Gen Z voters and how they stopped the red wave. Liz Peak on the line. Hey, Liz, how's it going? Uh, terrific. Thanks so much for having me on. Look, let's just jump right into this uh, because I'm with you. I, I When you look at the numbers and an Arizona State University, that campus vote is a great indicator. Four percent of students voted for Carrie Lake. Ninety-six uh, percent <laughs> voted for Katie Hobbs. We're talking about thousands of votes right there. Yeah, and and that really was the case across the country. And I think you know, I think Republicans have been kind of complacent about losing this group or that group. And, you know, we're all excited that we've gotten more Hispanic votes coming the GOP. Uh, but look, young voters, uh, particularly this voting block, is, is different because not only do they skew incredibly Democrat. Uh, in 2020, they went 62 percent Democrats, about the same this time. But they're, they show up. And I think that is what Frankly, if the pollsters made one really big error uh, in showing us all those polls that predicted a red wave a couple of weeks before the election and leading up to the election, this was probably the difference because some of them assumed that like there'd be 10 percent turnout by voters under 40. It turned out to be more like 30 percent. That's a big number. It is a big number, and and my concern there, Liz, you've got that's a generation that has been radicalized in our public school systems. Yep, and we're not just talking about Gen Z, but also millennial voters to some extent as well. And yep. my question is, how do we fix that problem? Well, I, I think first of all, and I know this sounds sort of sappy, we have to start listening to these people when they tell us, for example, and I, and I use one example in this piece just because. I was really startled by this. I was talking to a couple of young mothers who have little kids, and they were talking about how scared they are of school shootings. And I have to say, I mean, we all are horrified by these terrible events in Uvalde and elsewhere, but I had never sort of thought about the fact that kids in school today, they have live drills. You know, what do you do if there's a school shooter? Where do you hide? How do you lock down the schools? And and one of these moms said, you know, I don't want my kid going to a school where they're on the first floor because that's not safe. And I have to tell you, I, I mean, this is a generational thing. I was like, whoa, I had never thought about this from their point of view that their kids they think are vulnerable. So, I mean, that's only one of several issues that they take very seriously. Uh, and the GOP really just hasn't been paying much attention. 
Well, not only that, and and I again, I hate to pick on Arizona here, but <clears throat> they're home to a good many of these conservative youth organizations, and I'm not going to name names here. Uh, my question is, I know the, these folks are putting on good conferences for the teenagers and the college kids, but what are they doing to, to, to get these kids politically active and to get out the vote? It's a good question because a lot of these swing states are home to huge universities, right? Like, think about Michigan. University of Michigan and Michigan State, how many people are in those schools? Gazillions. And, <laughs> you know, if, if they get those uh, kids out to vote, that can very well swing an election. So, look, I, I think we have to, uh, to, to your point, counteract the narrative they're hearing in the schools. We have to be much more vocal and present on campuses. By the way, that's not easy because in a lot of these schools, they don't even want conservatives on campus. They, in fact, bar them from coming and speaking. But I think it's really, a, a, um, I think it's twofold effort. One, making arguments known to these kids about things like inflation, about too much spending, about why canceling your student debt is not only illegal, but it's actually a bad thing for the economy. I know nobody wants to hear that a handout is a negative thing, but it is a negative thing. And, you know, but they don't know that. When would they hear that? Because all they hear, if they're economic students, they're not only going to hear that more government, big government is better, right? So, there, there's a lot of work to be done, but I got to say, I'm kind of waving a flag here and say, start listening, start talking to these younger voters, because otherwise they're going to be a bigger and bigger slice of the electorate. Boomers are dying off. Uh, we cannot really count on older voters to win elections. No, you're right. And that that was the first, when I first saw that number, Liz, I'm like, holy cow, yeah. Uh, yeah. we're in trouble. And, you know, a lot of this is the education process. And I guess, you know, when you look at things, it's not just, you know, what's happening in the public school. That's being reaffirmed on the movie screens and in the music and in the culture yeah. at large. I mean, it is it is an uphill climb for Republicans to, to, to gain ground here. Well, and, and for example, uh, let's talk about Pennsylvania. I, I don't know a single, <laughs> let's call them adult, who thought that John Fetterman was a good candidate. I mean, but let's face it, the whole hoodie and I'm a tattoo guy and I lived on my parents till I was 49. Somehow that plus his progressive agenda appealed to young voters because they came out for him big time. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I just I find that very disheartening because he was I thought as a horrific candidate, but nonetheless it worked. Uh, and again, I think we just have to be really cognizant that these. And one of the reasons it worked, by the way, to going to something you just said, is because he was all over social media. He was on TikTok and all these places that young people go. Sadly, not just for entertainment, but for education and information. So if you're getting your voting guidance from TikTok and the GOP is absent, well, then we only have ourselves to blame. 46-point margin. That was the victory among yeah. Gen Z voters for Fetternack. Unbelievable. Isn't that incredible? And and Whitmer... Because, because really, he was just a perfectly horrible candidate. Oh, he's terrible. He's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and then you mentioned Gretchen Whitmer. Um, she had the ba their backing by 29 points. Yep, yep. So it, this is, <clears throat> I think this is a worrisome thing because it's not going away. And again, the big surprise uh, to me is that this has been the case. This, not only the, the left bias of this age group, but also 
the fact that they actually show up, that they're energized. And by the way, abortion, I think, was a very big deal for this group. Uh, it, that, and, and the amazing thing to me is that um, uh, pollsters, the polling outfits, had just completely ignored three different election outcomes that were influenced by this particular segment of the voting population. I don't know how they got it so wrong. It's it's shocking, uh, and yeah. this is a it's an amazing column you wrote. And folks, this is one of those must read pieces. Uh, we've got it up on our website, toddsterns.com. You can read Liz's work there. Liz, is there one quick thing? Is there one thing that the Republicans can do immediately to try to to try to change outcomes for twenty twenty four? You mean other than Gen Z and talking to them? I think the other thing is we have got to dive in with both feet to the whole early voting, get the vote out thing in the way that Democrats have. I mean, we can rail about how, you know, President Trump was really a negative factor here uh, in telling people don't vote early because it's not safe and then votes aren't secure. Well, maybe, I'm not sure I've seen any evidence of that, but the truth is they're getting their people out early uh, and they're getting bigger turnout than we are. And part of the reason is if for whatever reason a Republican can't get to the polling place on election day, that's a lost vote. And we can't afford any lost vote. So, you know, I I think we have to adjust to the fact that the voting changes, the rules changes uh, that took place during the pandemic are here to stay, at least as far as I can see, they're here to stay. Uh, And we we need to be agile in how to take advantage of that. I you know, this is a, a big miss, and I and I really do fault our party officials for not getting more uh, voters out early. We we need volunteers also to offset, like teachers union, thousands of people who get out and you know make sure people get to the polls and ring doorbells and stuff. Bigger turnout uh, and early voting. All right, well said, uh, folks. Got to read Liz columns, uh, Liz's column, and you can do that over on our website. Liz, we're going to leave it there. Thanks for uh, copping on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. Have a great day. All right, there you go. Great insight, and uh, folks, look, these are hard conversations we got to have, but we got to have them. Uh, and you can't just blame one specific thing here. Uh, we're dealing with a lot of localized elections in this midterm. That's what the midterms are. And um, and we've got to we've got to hit these issues head on. All right, we're going to take a break here. When we come back to the phones, we go eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. I got to tell you um, about a massive sale underway over at mypillow.com slash starns. Uh, this is our very own website. Mike's done a terrific job of putting this together. I'm talking about Mike Lindell. We have an overstock sale underway right now. You're going to be saving up to 90% off a Christmas 60-day money-back guarantee. That's going to last through March of 2023 on all sorts of incredible MyPillow products, including MyPillow clothing, the MyPillow cases, and the MyPillows themselves. And also, get this, the single bath towels, you're going to save 50% all sorts of great discounts. And if you want to go through and check all of these out, again, check out the overstock sale at MyPillow.com slash slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns. And you're going to save a lot of money and you're going to make some conservatives very happy this Christmas. Todd, Liz Peak is exactly right about the young people in these college towns. The best example I can see 
is in Clark County, Georgia, where the University of Georgia is in Athens, Georgia, Raphael Warnock got 85% of the vote against a hometown legend, Herschel Walker. All right, so the question is, how do you how do you reach out to those younger voters? And it's and we're not talking about younger conservative voters. We're just talking about kids. Kids that are being indoctrinated in your taxpayer funded classrooms, ladies and gentlemen. So how do you reach out to this next generation? Oh, by the way, I've got to share this story with you. So Elon Musk is uh man, is he triggering a lot of people. So here's the latest news from Twitter HQ. So apparently they've been giving staffers free lunches, free breakfast. They have wine on tap. Now here at Stearns Media Group, we have uh, free coffee and we got the creamer. So we throw that in. And I don't know why the staff is laughing at me right now. And we also, I mean, we don't buy lunch every day, but, uh, you know, we like to treat the staff to Lenny's. That seems to be the the go-to joint. Um, but this idea that we're feeding people every day and we're supposed to, I mean, it's nuts. Elon Musk says they're spending $400 um, a day to feed these, um, to feed just one person. Musk says uh, that Twitter spent about $400 plus per lunch served. That's roughly $13 million a year for its San Francisco headquarters. And so he's doing away with the free lunch. No more free lunch. I mean, how many of us knew that? As a growing up, our dads would say, son, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Well, unless you work at Twitter. Now all these people are raising cane. They're accusing Elon Musk of starving the staff. What, they don't have a 7-Eleven there in San Francisco? They don't have, like, you know, in New York City, right outside of Fox News headquarters, they have, we call them the street meat. You know, the guys with the carts, and they're selling the hot dogs in the uh, the hot dog juice that's been sitting there for 12 hours? Oh, it's pretty disgusting, but good hot dogs. you got to be sure to get that uh, the onion relish if you're ever there. Very good. And by the way, the best... If you're looking for the best street meat cart in New York City, uh, it's at, I believe, 52nd Street and 6th Avenue, right before you get to the uh, the Grand Hyatt. So anyway, um, Tracy Hawkins, who is Twitter's vice president of real estate, said that staffers normally spend $20 to $25 a day per person for breakfast and lunch. Where are these people eating? So you're telling me that people are literally spending $20 a day just for breakfast. I mean, how much does an Egg McMuffin run these days? Anyway, uh, the, the kids will get over it, but there's a lot of turmoil at Twitter HQ. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Jim in Georgia, WDUN. What's on your mind, Jim? Hey, Todd. Listen, uh, about these exit polls, I've never been approached. The, my, the, the missus has never been approached. And, you know, I don't see any pictures from any news organization of exit pollers talking to folks leaving the polls. I mean, people want to just get the heck out of there and go about the rest of their lives. So when you talk about, and I'm not picking on you, let me, you know, if you talk about the, the evangelical vote or the Gen Z, Gen X, any of them votes, I can imagine from the, actual ballots how they could do some age things and see which way they voted but i don't even know if that they're supposed to do it that way 
So can you explain to me, please? And I, I'd like to stay online because I, I, my radio reception's crappy. Uh, while you explain to me, where do they get these numbers? Of yeah. All these exit polls. yeah, so there's a group called Edison Research. Uh, they're based out of New Jersey, and they they conduct exit polls for a, a consortium. So this is not something that's mandated by law. It's just something that um, all the big networks, I think the Associated Press, and I believe Fox News is a part of this, and they've been doing it since uh, 2003. And uh, it's all random. So again, to your point, there's really... They say there's some science here, but I don't think there is because, Jim, I don't think I've ever been stopped. But it does give them some indication of what was on the minds of voters, you know, when they went to the polls. So I, I don't but see it. Did, Go ahead. Who did they talk to? Who did they talk to? Well, they talked to well, voters. What, what's the mechanism? I've never seen them. I've never seen video. I've they, never heard of nobody I know has ever said they were exit polls. Sometimes they will do uh, phone surveys. Um, but no, I've, I've never been approached by one either. Well, there you go. But again, I've never been called by a pollster leading up to an election. So maybe I'm not the right type of person they're looking for. And Jim, this is why, and we try to preach this a lot on this program. You can't buy into the polling data. You just can't do it. But what you can do is if you've got a group like, for example, I'll just use Ralph Reed as an example. And Ralph Reed says, Todd, um, our our analysis that we did in house shows that evangelicals didn't show up. I'm I'm believing that because they've got you know they've got skin in the game. All right. Well, how do you it's, get to them Gen Zers? Then how do they know about them? Well, because they're asking questions, and and Jim, you can see the numbers. I mean, the numbers don't lie. You've got Gen Zers coming out, and, and those numbers, and they're able to tell. You know, look at Arizona State University, only 4%. You just heard the caller from Clark County, Georgia, about UGA. I mean, the numbers don't lie there. Well, we hope not. All right, Jim, got to run here. Thanks for the call. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, uh, this breaking news, uh, Kevin McCarthy wins the GOP nomination for speaker in a 188 to 31 vote. Uh, that information uh, just being posted on uh, social media by Kyle Becker, former colleague over at Fox News. Let's go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Honored to have with us from the great state of Alabama, Congressman Mo Brooks. Congressman, I hope you're doing well today. Doing very well. I'm uh, been serving in Washington. Done my tour of duty for twelve years. Retiring, uh, headed back home to Huntsville, Alabama. Can't wait. Well, it's a great part of the it's a great part of the state, and I've been uh, through North Alabama a time or two, and uh, I know that you've you worked your butt off for the good people of Alabama, uh, Congressman. I want to get your take on what happened last Tuesday. Um, how how could Republicans have changed the outcome? Well, we could have nominated better candidates. We could have done better strategy. And most certainly, we could have governed a whole lot better than we've been governing. The Republican Party leadership in particular, but to a certain degree, our 
rank-and-file elected officials have failed miserably on border security, on repeal of Obamacare, on deficit and debt, financial responsibility. We're looking in the crosshairs at a $31 trillion debt, as you well know. And a lot of conservative voters are getting frustrated that we elect these Republicans who claim they're going to do something and then don't. And that's affecting us. And a lot of our conservative voters are either staying at home or they are voting libertarian or voting in some other manner than we Republicans would prefer. But if we would simply keep our campaign promises, then things would be a whole lot better. You know, be like Ronald Reagan. He made his commitments and he fulfilled them as best he could under the circumstances he faced. But we've got a lot of Republicans nowadays, particularly in the House and the Senate, who portray themselves as one thing to get our conservative votes in a Republican primary. And then once they get into office, it turns out that they represent special interests, not the public interest. Uh, the, the breaking news, uh, Kevin McCarthy wins the, the GOP nomination to be House Speaker. Uh, does he deserve that? And, and what about Mitch McConnell? Does, does he deserve to be the minority leader for Republicans in the Senate? Well, I know that Kevin McCarthy may have won the Republican nomination, but that's a far cry from being the Speaker of the House. To win the Republican nomination, you need a majority of the vote of Republicans who are voting in the uh, conference meeting. To be Speaker of the House, you need 218. And when I hear that 30-some-odd Republicans voted against him in the Republican conference, well, he can't afford to lose 30-something people on the House floor. He can lose maybe three, four, or five, depending on whether we end up with 220, 221, 222. Because, again, you have to have 218 affirmative votes on the House floor. So usually those disaffected in the GOP conference vote uh, turn around and vote for the Republican nominee uh, on the House floor, but that does not always happen. So we'll have to see how big of a buffer he's got uh, based on the final outcome of all these elections that are still undecided. Uh, and Andy Biggs uh, officially threw his name in the hat uh, today as well, so um, a member of the, the House Freedom Caucus. Well, I don't know if he threw his name in the hat just in the Republican conference or for the vote on the House floor. If he throws his name into consideration on the House floor, well, then it will take multiple votes for Kevin McCarthy to be elected Speaker of the House, if he's going to be, because Andy Biggs has enough sway with enough congressmen to siphon off 5, 10, 15, 20 votes. And if Kevin McCarthy loses that many, then he cannot get to that magic number of 218. Yeah, I think the earlier, oh, I would say about 1241 Eastern Time, uh, the congressman putting out a press release uh, saying that he announces his run for House Speaker, uh, saying the American people want us to turn a page. They don't want excuses or performance art. I mean, these are echoing the concerns that you've had. Um, and he, he also mentions the promised red wave turned into a loss for the United States Senate. Um, uh, just a lot of very upset and frustrated Republicans out there, Congressman. And they should be. Uh, Mitch McConnell in particular, he and Stephen Law, who manages the spending of these of dollars that are contributed to help Republicans win, they should both be fired by the uh, United States Senate. However, 
it does not appear that competence is one of the measuring sticks in who gets to serve as the Republican leader in the Senate. Rather, it seems to focus on who can get the most money out of special interest groups, where, of course, there's always a quid pro quo. Those special interest groups do not give you money unless you have agreed to sell out the American people in favor of whatever special interest, special legislation, special benefit that those special interest groups demand in exchange for their cash. Congressman, uh, we're waiting to hear what President Trump is going to say tonight, this this announcement. Um, what's your take on, on President Trump and this dust-up between him and Ron DeSantis? I think it reflects poorly on Donald Trump and his character. It reflects poorly on Donald Trump and the disloyalty he is showing to uh, Republicans who have helped him in one shape, form, or fashion. Uh, The Democrats are gleefully celebrating the idea that Donald Trump's going to run for the presidency in 2024. As the Democrats see it, if Donald Trump is the nominee, well, gosh, they beat the Donald Trump team in 2018, in 2020, in two Senate elections in Georgia in 2021, now in 2022, and the dream team for the Democrats is headed up on the Republican side by Donald Trump. So the Democrats are all excited about it. And the problem is, even if Donald Trump loses in a Republican primary, Donald Trump's character is such that he's one of these guys who will encourage his supporters to not vote for the Republican nominee. So the Republican nominee told you so. And so we're in a real difficult position. If Donald Trump wants to put America first, then he won't run for president in 2024. If he really believes those words. All right, Congressman, well said, and we appreciate uh, we appreciate your take on that. Uh, real quick before we let you go, what are the plans? Are you going to take some vacation time? You're getting back to work? What are you going to do? <laughs> I have 13 grandchildren, uh, three of whom are a year or less. I've got four kids and four uh, kids-in-law. I've got a wonderful bride who has tolerated me in politics for a long time, and I'm spending time with them. So if you hear any rumors about my future that don't involve uh, spending time with family, the rumors are probably false. Well, and who knows, you may run into it. We may run into you down in uh, L.A., as we call it in these parts, lower Alabama, down on the Redneck Riviera. It is beautiful down there, the best beaches on the planet well said uh you're not you're you're not lying there sir uh congressman god bless you we thank you for serving our great nation and standing up for conservatives my pleasure uh and for those who are listening folks it's your country please participate because we're headed in the wrong direction in a bad way all right congressman mo brooks ladies and gentlemen uh leaving congress heading back home to uh the great state of alabama and he and the president have been at it a time or two. You know, the, um, the the president really took him to task for not supporting the Stop the Steal movement. And I was there that day at the rally in, in the congressman's own district uh, when he was running for the Senate. And the crowd really came unglued when Mo Brooks said it was time to turn a page and move on. And people were just not willing to do that. Uh, the question is, do we just destroy the Republican Party and and stay focused on what happened in 2020? Is that is that the rally cry for America first conservatives out there? 
or do we move on, as Congressman Brooks recommended we do? Regardless, uh, he paid a price. He paid a political price for that, and now he is going back home to Alabama. All right, you know what? We've got time to pick a, pick a, a couple of calls here before we head off to break. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Michigan. Angie is on the line and wants to weigh in on Gen Z voters. Hey, Angie, what's up? Hi, um, Todd. Um, first off, I love listening to you. I listen to you almost every day. So Thank you. Just wanted to let you know I think you're a wonderful, wonderful. But anyway, <laughs> let me say two things. One, I think the one way you will get to speak and be listened to as Republican, and we need good Republican senators or whatever going to universities, is with re- is by uh, offering free food. And I know that sounds crazy, but students at universities, they, they love to eat. And if you offer them something that they would like, food, they will come. <laughs> and um, anyway, so that's one thing. I really think that that would be a new takeoff because whenever you hear the, the Democrat saying something uh, to younger people, it's free, free, free. You get something free. Like, you know, you have your tuitions paid, so it's free. Uh, that's just one example. And um, so that's one thing. Now, Angie, let me, well, well, I'll let you get to number two in just a second here. I'm intrigued by this idea because my mother Mm -hmm. uh, was a a great, a great cook. And uh, Mm -hmm. she was very well known at the First Baptist Church for, um, for, you know, whatever she brought for Wednesday night's uh, church meal or for the uh, Mm -hmm. big Sunday dinner on the grounds. And I'll never forget this. Uh, she actually mm-hmm. made her world-famous potato salad. It's mustard-based. Mm-hmm. It's very good. And um, mm-hmm. she presented that to President Jimmy Carter, who was actually visiting the church. And uh, President Carter ate my mother's potato salad, and it was a very very uh, lovely bipartisan moment. But my mom always felt like you could – you know, you could bring people together around the supper table uh, of different, you know, persuasions or religions or politics, and you could find something in common by, you know, enjoying some delicious fried chicken and potato salad. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I like I this. Friend, well, I have a friend who's 80 years old, and for 20 years, he has invited, at first he invited 50 people over every Tuesday night for dinner, free. These are all students. Then, she's, of course, as she's gotten older, they moved to a smaller house, and now she can only have 20 students over. Um, but they come for the free food. So I believe if instead of just because if you go to liberal universities, you're not going to be accepted. I mean, University of Michigan is the most liberal university you can ever come across. Fascinating. But, uh, the thing with the free food, if you're invited in to have free food, you've got to pay a price, which is sitting there and listening to a senator. I mean, uh, all of a sudden his name, I forget, but Cruz, uh, Ted Cruz, amazing speaker. Uh, and people are going to sit there and listen because they were given something. They have to pay the fee to listen. Okay, the second thing is I agree um, with the, 
the senator you just spoke with. I'm bad with names. Um, Congressman anyway, Brooks. Yes, Congressman Brooks. I really believe right now um, that, you know, I, I just think we need to go on to a different uh, person uh, as far as Republican president. Um, I think President Trump was excellent. I loved him. But right now he is angry. And I think part of his coming across is the bitterness and anger that he has against what has been done to him by the Democrats. Angie, um, no doubt about that. He is angry. And, and I will say this, I believe it is a righteous anger. But as we all know, and, and I don't know how far along the president is on his faith journey, uh, but it takes time to, to understand how to deal with that. And uh, But again, I think he is, he is righteous in his anger. I truly believe that. Uh, the question is, can he channel that for good? And and that's the question. Angie, I gotta run. We are late for a break. God bless you. I love that idea. We gotta we gotta feed Gen Zers. And if we can feed them and get a good meal in their bellies, we might be able to sway them over to our side of thinking. I like that idea. All right, eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, here's an update on this uh, crazy story out of Poland where two Russian missiles hit a farm, killed two people. The Polish Air Force scrambled fighter jets. Uh, We also understand the Pentagon is um, not corroborating the reports, but uh, they did say that they will defend every inch of NATO territory. Uh, the, The working theory is this was an accident and that the Russian missiles veered off course. Uh, but regardless, uh, we now have a situation where a NATO member has been attacked by Russia, two people dead, and we get closer and closer to World War III. Uh, we will keep you updated. Might want to watch uh, Newsmax uh, this afternoon. Also, uh, listen to your local radio station for any updates as uh, that story develops. Jeez, Lou. All right, let's get to the phones here. Uh, Cleveland, Georgia. We have a great affiliate there, WRWH. Eileen on the line. Eileen, what's going on? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I just wanted to say, uh, weigh in. There's a gentleman named Scott Presler who registers, goes around the country and registers Republicans. And he was very instrumental in registering more Republicans in Florida than Democrats. Thousands. So he is a staunch Republican, conservative. He's a young man. He went around the country cleaning up places like Baltimore, San Francisco, when there was a lot of, you know, uh, trash around, and he and his his helpers went around the country helping. And um, a lot of people, he's on Twitter as the persistence. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Yeah, I've he, I've heard of him. Uh, and look, if he's out there, uh, you know, registering people, young people to vote, um, I'd say you know that's great. He's going to be in Georgia in Cobb County on this Saturday. He's already gotten 
over 300 people to knock on doors. He is doing the job that Ronna McDaniel should be doing and other Republicans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just wanted to say that, uh, Scott, the young, I'm sorry, Todd, the young people want socialism. They equate socialism with equity and fairness. And what they have no clue is that they are voting for their own doom. Eileen, we're going to have to leave it there. It is a great word and a warning. You're right. This young this young generation, Gen Z, millennials, being raised to embrace socialism. All right, folks, that's got to do it for today. Tonight, President Trump making a big announcement. We're going to be talking about it tomorrow on the show. We're going to be talking about it tonight over on the website, so be sure to check that out. All right, folks, get out there. Be good, America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.